Doing the impossible is not something you make happen. It's something that you allow to happen. After conducting over 10,000 personal and group coaching sessions over the last decade, author and personal coach Jason Dries has unlocked the simple yet effective formula to accept and create success in your life on the most basic, instinctive level. In his latest book, Do the Impossible, Jason gives readers access to the same life-changing principles he provides in his personal coaching sessions. Ready to embrace success as a state of being? In this exclusive listener offer, get your copy of Do the Impossible for 50% off from the publishers at Bigger Pockets. To get your copy of Do the Impossible for 50% off any format, go to www.biggerpockets.com impossible50. That's 50% off any format, www.biggerpockets.com impossible50. In 89, when I first opened, I closed three times till 92, but I had done other little businesses. But this one, because of the little failure, it called me back. I said, man, I want to keep doing this. I'm excited. Like, I got to give it another try. And that was because the failures were so small and so quick, and I learned from them. Welcome to Arm Brand with Donnie Deutsch. I am Donnie Deutsch and welcome everybody. This is a podcast that's dedicated to a simple premise that um, everything today is a brand. Every person, every uh, celebrity, every product, every athlete, every company, every politician, every institution, everything is a brand and a brand is a set of values. And we do two things here. Uh, First, we do interview a personal brand about their own brand. And today it's Damon John. You know him um, from Shark Tank, one of the great entrepreneurs in this country and one of the stars of Shark Tank. And he's going to tell you all about uh, making money and entrepreneurship and success, all that stuff. Really interesting guy. And I'm excited to have him here. And we also do our segment called Brands of the Week, uh, which is basically uh, going through the past week or the week that's coming up and seeing the brands that are kind of making news that are driving the zeitgeist. uh, And we kind of laid out which brands are up, which brands are down. And let's get right to our brands of the week. First brand of the week is President Biden. Big brand up for President Biden. Um, He kind of finally, after a year of kind of uh, not punching back and really calling a spade a spade as far as Donald Trump and being behind the insurrection and just really drawing the lines that we are in a civil war right now. And instead of trying to be conciliatory, he, he punched, which he needs to do. I mean, you, we're dealing with people who are really, the other side of the equation is really putting our democracy on the precipice. And we need a president up there, not trying to do kumbaya at this point, but just drawing a very hard line and say, look, there are those that are, that are, that are uh, trying to take down the underpinnings of our democracy. And there are those that love our democracy. And um, I salute him for it. I salute him, his speech. Uh, for ref, you know, for referring to the former president and his responsibility and his culpability, and we need more of uh, not folksy Joe Biden, but tough in your face Joe Biden. So a brand up for Joe Biden. Coming off that, a brand down for the United States. Its its image is is tarnished abroad. Uh, this is from the Hill, a Pew survey of international respondents from 16 Democratic countries, published in November, found that 17 percent of democracy in the U.S. is a good example to follow. So only 17% say the democracy in the U.S. is a good democracy to follow. Um, 57 think, 57% think it used to be a good example, but has not been in recent years. And that's kind of scary. Uh, and look, for, you know, for adversaries like China and Russia, this is exactly what they want. They want, you know, we lose our leadership stance in the world if we don't, if we don't, if not kind of that country on a shining hill that uh, kind of paves the way for what a great democracy should look like and feel like, um, we lose a lot of international stature and our geopolitical adversaries such as Russia and China gain. So that's very, very unfortunate. Brand down for Ted Cruz. You know, this guy, every time you think he can't get lower. And what's great is there's an article in Mediaite. It says a divided nation unites to mock Ted Cruz groveling to Tucker Carlson. Ted Cruz, the night before he went on Tucker Carlson, a couple of days before, intelligently, called uh, those who attacked the Capitol on January 6th terrorists. And then when he went on uh, Tucker Carlson, Tucker Carlson took aim at that, of course, as Tucker Carlson would. And basically, he just uh, backpedaled, Ted Cruz did, and he said, I was sloppy, he used the word 17, sloppy 17 times, and just just 
groveled in front of Tucker Carlson. Politicians understand how important Tucker Carlson is, especially if you're playing to the hard right on Fox. But this is the same guy, Ted Cruz, that after Donald Trump went after his father and said that his father somehow was responsible uh, or had some culpability in the JFK assassination and made fun of his wife, he still groveled. So this this is a man with no spine. Um, he said, I used the dumb choice of words, and unfortunately a lot of people misunderstand what I meant. No, what you meant was that those were terrorists, and you should stand by it and not let a punk like Tucker Carlson bring you to your knees. So he, he's, he's, he's kind of pathetic in itself. Brand up. This is what's amazing in this world. Karl Rove. Now, Karl Rove was like the most sinister voice of the of the Republican Party years ago. He was kind of behind a lot of Republican dirty. He was George W. Bush's communications guy and very kind of, you know, had this dark cloud around him. And he slammed GOP apologists in, a, in, a, in an op-ed uh, and basically said that I'm addressing squarely those Republicans who for a year have excused the actions of the rioters who stormed the— Capital disrupted Congress as it received electoral as it received electoral college results and violently attempted to overturn the election. He wrote it one. What if the other side had done it? This is Carl Rove, who's you know calling these guys out, and also Dick Cheney, brand up also showed up with his daughter um, to pay tribute to the the fallen officers in the Capitol to an entire the entire left side of the of the rotunda. The, no Republican was there except Dick Cheney, except uh, Liz Cheney and her dad, and you know. 10 years ago, 20 years ago, Dick Cheney was the most villainous Republican you could find. And now we long for the days of Dick Cheney and Karl Rove. Just amazing. Look, those guys disagree with everything, a lot of things, you know, and Dick Cheney, you know, um, has responsibility for the Iraqi war, obviously. But they still believe in our democracy, you know, and um, you'd be amazing. Who would have thought Dick Cheney and, and Karl Rove would get brand ups on this show? Brand down for Governor DeSantis in Florida. He's got many brand downs here. They let a million COVID-19 tests expire in a Florida warehouse. A million tests went by the wayside. What else do I need to say? Brand down for Governor Ron DeSantis, another, another genius. Brand down for mental health in America. A huge majority say U.S. faces a mental health crisis uh, nearly two years into the COVID pandemic, which brought a rise in depression, anxiety, stress, addiction, other challenges. 80% of Republicans 91% of Democrats and 93% of independents say that there is a mental health crisis in the United States. Um, and look, this is this is no joke. Uh, mental illness is a major problem in this country at any point. And our last year and a half, our last two years, I think has really hit the nerve in any therapist that I talk to. I'm not saying this in my own therapist, but any professional there's not enough therapists in the world to help me. So I have a, I have a gaggle of six, but it still, still doesn't work. Um, that uh, you talk to any healthcare professional, any mental health professional, and they will tell you that mental health issues are at a, a crescendo of, of, of problems uh, really because of what's going on with COVID. And it's really separated a lot of us. And it's, it's, it's just put so much stress on the system. And um, all I can say is I hope everybody's getting help that needs it. Help that needs it. Brand up for Citigroup. Citigroup's going to fire unvaccinated staff this month. There you go. That's a, I've said this all along. The private enterprise has got to take this into their own hands. Um, they ba the bank becomes the first major Wall Street institution to follow through with a strict vaccine mandate. Other Wall Street banks, including Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, JCP Morgan Chase, have told some unvaccinated employees to work from home, but none as yet is going as far as sacking staff. And I believe these are companies. They're public companies, but they're they're not owned by the government. Uh, they're they're a part of a private enterprise, if you will. And I believe that this is what's got to happen in this country. When you have the DeSantis's of the world and whatnot and other politicians not standing up and doing what they need to do to get people vaccinated, um, let the companies do it. So big brand up for Citigroup. I, I applaud them. Big brand up for Mayor Eric Adams. I've talked about him on the show, and this guy is going to be a great mayor. I know we're just a couple of weeks into it here, but um, he got up and said to the big banks, we need you back in the office. None of this stay-at-home stuff. He got up very specifically and said, our kids are going to school. Um, this is a guy that I think appeals to a lot of people. I'm going to make a, 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 a early crazy prediction here about this guy. I, I believe the Democratic Party, uh, I don't know if Biden's going to run again. Uh, a lot of people are concerned he might not have the juice. And everybody's looking at who's in the bench and the Democrats. And I've always said that it's going to be somebody that we haven't been talking about. It's not going to be the same characters, the Amy Klobuchar's or the you know, people who judges. I don't, and Watch this guy, Adams, this mayor of New York. Watch this guy. He, he's he got the right stuff. He's got the it thing. And I think he is the kind of thing, you know, he's a cop. 
he's a minority. Uh, he, he plays to both sides of the aisle. Uh, he cares about the little guy. He understands business at the same time. He's a law and order guy with a capital L and capital O and uh, could be just what the Democrats need. So I'm going to make an early prediction that this guy is going to take a presence in the national stage, maybe not in the next election, but in elections to come. Uh, big brand down for uh, Novak Djokovic, uh, of course, the world's greatest tennis player at this point. He obtained an Australian medical exemption after COVID-19 uh, infection, basically because he was a tennis superstar. Now, Australia has been so locked down and so on top of not letting anybody in the country that's not vaccinated, not letting anybody in the country that's got COVID. And he got an exemption and all hell broke loose there. Now they've got him sequestered in a hotel room. Uh, but bad for his brand. You know, it's like, come on, dude, just either get your vaccine or you don't play in the open. Nobody gives a shit about you winning your 21st, you know, Grand Slam tournament. And it's just like, this is the kind of thing that really hurts a celebrity or athlete's brand. So bad move for Novak Djokovic. Brand down, sad brand down for QAnon anti-vaxxer uh, Kirsten Weldon. She's a star who said only idiots get vaxxed, and she died of COVID. Um, she, uh, once again, she's had 10,000, thousands of followers and was, was very much an anti-vaxxer, and she died of COVID. And another sad brand down for anti-vax podcaster Doug Kuzma. He just dead at 61 after catching COVID, so two big, not too big, two anti-vaxxer podcasts, social media, prominent people, Big into anti-vaccinations, both sadly died. Uh, I don't know what else to say about that. Brand up for Mike Pompeo. I'm giving brand up for people who would never give brand up on the show. Uh, he lost 90 pounds in six months. He got on the scale one day, so, so it was 300 pounds. He said, I got to lose weight, got into exercise. This is a guy that has uh, big national ambitions. I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't see him as a presidential candidate someday. And I guess he felt he needed to be in better shape to do that. I'm not saying the two have a direct line to each other, but uh, brand up for anybody who loses 90 pounds. Brand up for Martha Stewart, hitting the Vegas Strip, baby. Uh, Martha Stewart is officially heading to Vegas. Um, she'll be opening a new restaurant at the Paris Las Vegas Hotel. Caesars Entertainment announced in a recent press release, the 80-year-old cookbook author and all-around homemaking queen will be opening the Bedford by Martha Stewart, a fully immersive restaurant concept inspired by Martha Stewart's New York Farmhouse restaurant. Good idea. I love Martha Stewart. You know, if you, if you haven't met Martha Stewart, and I've met, you know, known her over the years in New York, she's got a twinkle in her eye. She's not this stuffy person you would think. She She's in on the joke. Not that she's a joke, but I mean, she's, she's a lot of fun. She is so good for her. Brand up for Wall Street making money in music. Uh, John Legend just sold his music catalog to KKR and BMG. Um, that he followed um, Bob Dylan, who did that, Bruce Springsteen are doing that. And all of a sudden, these guys selling their entire libraries to banks and to public, you know, er, it is a way for them to make a big coin. So brand up for these guys kind of uh, um, doing their thing there. Uh, brand up for Marvel superheroes. Disney kicked ass at the box office. There was four and a half billion in ticket sales in the United States and Canada last year. And a quarter of that was Disney. And it basically, a huge chunk of that was from all of their kind of Marvel uh, superheroes, the Black Widow and so many of the different ones. Uh, basically, uh, it's, that's where the money is. That's where the money is. Then them superheroes, uh, Spidey, Spidey, wait, Spidey Marvel? Yeah, Spidey's Marvel. Um, so you got to give it to, to the Marvel guys. They are driving the box office. Brand up for Apple. First $3 trillion company. That's right. Apple, $3 trillion company. Uh, its sales hit a whopping $365 billion, which means its market cap is uh, eight times sales. Wow. it's a lot. <laughs> uh, its sales have increased by more than $132 billion in the last six years. Um, Apple keeps going. And Apple's Tim Cook made $100 million last year, which... I guess he deserves it. The company's worth $3 trillion. Warren Buffett brand up made $120 billion as Apple rose to $3 trillion. Uh, in 2016, he bought a 5% ownership in Apple at a stake that cost him $36 billion. Uh, and now that stake is worth $160 billion. This guy Buffett seems to know what he's doing, you know. Brand up for former Alphabet CEO Eric Schmidt. Eric Schmidt, of course, Alphabet, which uh, owns Google, which, owned, uh, which does own uh, YouTube. And... 
in a rare condemnation of the industry for a man who was a head honcho of YouTube's parent company, he said, corporations, at least in social media land, are optimizing, maximizing revenue. You maximize revenue, you maximize engagement. To maximize engagement, you maximize outrage, Schmidt said. He we said that's interesting. The same is true on television news networks, by the way. He's got a point there. You know, social media comes a lot under fire, as well it should, for its alg- well it should, for its algorithms that enhance engagement, that, that look for outrage because that enhances engagement and that enhances views. Well, kind of what's Fox News doing? You know, same kind of thing. And uh, not just Fox News. What, what is a lot of the news networks, they're looking for the outrage and that's what gets clicks and that's what gets viewers. Brand up to Walmart. Would you give Walmart the keys to your home? Walmart workers will put groceries in your home. Listen to this one. Walmart workers wearing cameras for your security will drop your groceries in your home, whether you're home or not. It's a massive expansion of the retail's in-home service. Company aims of home delivery to 30 million U.S. households by year-end, up from 6 million. Um, they use a smart lock at the front door from Walmart to enter the home. And now you get Walmart just bringing them in. They'll put them away for you. They'll bring them into your home. I love it. Brand up for Toyota. Dethrones GM to become America's top-selling automaker in 2021. It's the first time... America has had a top-selling automaker that is not an American a domestic company. They passed GM, and they got a better product, and well, it should. That's called Free Enterprise. Um, speaking of cars, BMW unveils, brand up a BMW, a color-changing car. The concept car called the BMW iX Flow uses electronic ink technology, normally found in e-readers, to, e-readers to transform the car's exterior to a variety of patterns of gray and white and sometimes racing colors. That's pretty cool. Um, kind of love that. It's a lot of good things happening in the car business. Brand up to Umbrella Rentals. An umbrella sharing service in New York is this interesting. Startup called Rentbrella is setting up umbrella sharing kiosks around New York City and says it will do for umbrellas what City Bike did for bicycles. Rentbrella is setting up auto, automat-like kiosks stocked with 100 umbrellas each across the Big Apple, and rentals are free for the first 24 hours. Wow. People use a, a phone app to scan a code that lets them take out an umbrella. And one kiosk and return in a different one. And if it's free for the first 24 hours, I'm not quite sure how they're making money, but okay. Fresca. Now, if you remember, Fresca was a great old product from the 70s uh, uh, from Coca-Cola. Now Coke and Constellation Brands are teaming up to create alcoholic Fresca cocktails. I love that. I'm going to get me a Fresca martini when it comes out. And finally, brand up for the Girl Scouts. Girl Scouts are creating a Betty White badge in tribute. Basically, the latest heartfelt homage to, to, to homage to Betty White comes from Girl Scouts in, New, in the Jersey Shore, who are offering a nationwide program allowing for Girl Scouts to earn a commemorative patch in honor of Betty White. Self-guided program teaches Girl Scouts about various aspects of White's career, with activities that include building a pretend TV, creating a game show, advocating for animals, and learning how to get along with others. And those are our brands of the week. All right, you're going to really enjoy my interview coming up with Damon John. Damon John, one of the great entrepreneurs in the country today, one of the stars of Shark Tank. Uh, If you have any interest in making money and entrepreneurship and ideas, this is an interview you want to hear. We're going to talk to him about what brands he thinks are making it shake today. So here's my interview with Damon John. I want to talk to you about Mint Mobile. If saving more and spending less is one of your top goals for 2022, why are you still paying insane amounts of money every month for wireless? Switching to Mint Mobile is the easiest way to save this year. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you maximize your savings with plans starting at, get this, just $15 a month. That's crazy how much you could be saving, just starting at $15 a month. Look, this is great for people looking for extra savings this year. It offers premium wireless. By going online only and limiting traditional costs of retail, Mint Mobile passes significant savings on to you. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with your existing contacts. This makes sense, guys. You want to save money, Mint Mobile. With Mint Mobile, choose the amount of monthly data that's right for you and stop paying for data you never use. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash Donnie. That's mintmobile.com slash Donnie. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash Donnie. Mint Mobile, guys, this is really, really a good one. I'm thrilled to uh, introduce today's guest, uh, Damon John. Damon is uh, a man of many hats. Uh, he's actually wearing a Yankee hat today. Um, 
He is, of course, one of the sharks on Shark Tank. He founded FUBU, the multi-billion dollar uh, streetwear company. He's a best-selling, New York Times bestselling author of five books. Um, he is a motivational speaker. He's an entrepreneur, and he's a, a guy I've known for a long time, a lot of respect for. Welcome to the show, man. Oh, man, thank you for having me. What a great intro, man. I, I appreciate that. It's, it's always great to see you. I feel like we don't see each other enough. No. And I, I believe we first met on my old show, The Big Idea. I mean, that was back in 2000, probably seven or six or eight, something like that. You were. I believe we met on that show. And I believe that the reason why they picked me for Shark Tank is they saw me on that show and they said, man, this guy knows how to break down a pitch. But if I if I wasn't highlighted there. That's funny. Um, I'm not sure if I'd be on Shark Tank, so I got to give thanks to you. You know, I could have been, I was almost a fellow shark. Burnett called me and pitched me the show. Uh, I Big idea had just ended. It was the end of 2008. And he said, there's a show Dragon's Dead and this and that. And I had just done Big Idea. I was like, no, nah, I don't know. And I've kicked myself ever since. Of course, obviously it's a great platform and I would have loved to have done it, you know. But you guys yeah. have done great with it. You really have. Well, yeah, we have. You would have been great on it, of course. Um. Let's go back. I want to talk about a little bit about you growing up. You grew up in Hollis, Queens. I grew up in uh, Hollis Hills. Uh, I grew up on 212th Street and 85th Avenue. What, what street were you on? I was on 103rd and Farmers. Right yeah, on okay. Farmers. Yeah, so, right we were a couple, we were, so we were about two, three miles apart. Uh, and, you know, I love the story about you growing up and your mom and, and how what a, what a influence she was on your life and, and how she just she taught you kind of the, the, what you said in your books is the hustle, you know? Yeah, no, all day. I, um, she's all I had, uh, you know, and she was the one who mentored me uh, through, uh, you know, she was smart enough to be vulnerable with a lot of people and say, hey, I'm not sure what I what how to raise this young man and I need some information. And and she's a sponge and she passed that information on to me. And you basically started FUBU with uh, she took a, a mortgage on the house for 100 grand and you started it out of the house. Take me back to those early days. Yeah, well, I had actually started in 1989 with $40, and by the time I got to the point where I was asking mom because she mortgaged the house, it was um, I went out and um, I secured about $300,000 in orders and purchase orders from a, when I went to a trade show in Las Vegas, and that was right around 96. And she said, listen, this is the only asset we have. I'm going to mortgage the house, take all the money I can out of it. She goes out and gets a $100,000 loan on my house. I have no idea how because the house was worth 75 until today. <laughs> I haven't asked her what she did mom. for the rest of the money. Shout out to moms. And, um, and but, but you know, the real story is that I, I didn't have financial intelligence and I would run through that $100,000 in six months um, and then almost lose the house because I was paying for raw goods 90 days ahead of time paying for staff, salaries, shipping, uh, utilities, and my accounts receivables were 30, 60, 90 days. Yeah. So good old mom again says, I got one last idea. So what's the idea? She said, I'm going to take an ad in the newspaper, takes out an ad, says, she, uh, says million dollars in orders need financing. 33 people call that ad. Now, 30 of them were Pookie, Laquita, right. Sal Assaulted, right. nasty right. people like Kevin O'Leary. Really, right. I'm right. nasty people <laughs> Um, but three of them were real. One was Samsung's textile division. And, um, they, we did a deal to manufacture and distribute my clothes. It's amazing. And what, what are you, if you're going to look back now, you, we're going to talk a lot about your, you know, philosophies of success and things like that. What do you think if, if I said to you the three things that made it go that really in hindsight, if you're going to say to somebody, okay, starting a business, here are the kind of the three things that if I look back that I did right. And that, that kind of taught me. I took affordable steps. I was able to recover from every time I would open and close the business or run out of a little bit of capital. I found a massive amount of mentors that can show me what I was doing wrong and tell me where to go and find further information. Um, I said so the next part is, I think like in all businesses, I was absolutely, and I still am today, just obsessed with my customer. Yeah. Um, I was solving a problem where I was bringing them joy either way, but I was at the end of the day, I was, I was, and I still am always excited about the end user, the customer who, who appreciated what I was trying to do. Yeah. It's the, it's the customer stupid. And you, one thing you've talked a lot about that I've always preached also is failure, that failure yeah. is a key ingredient to success. And, and give me your philosophy on that. Cause I, I, that's when I give my kind of top 10 keys to success, that's like number three in there. 
Yeah, and, and so that that that's the same. We're talking about affordable steps, right? I was I was able to act, learn, and then repeat. I was able to survive. That's why it's very it's very it's very important for when people say I got a hundred thousand dollar loan on my house. I do not want them to think to go out and get a hundred thousand dollar loan on my house on their house because I was failing. But I was failing with fifty dollars, a hundred dollars, a thousand dollars. Failing with one store, three stores, not trying to be international at first and be in Walmart at first, right? Um, and I was failing with these things and I was learning more what did I need to do. And then I was also taking things to the table. Well, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. That person doesn't work. This direction doesn't work. And I just think failure is such a bad word. A failure should be called process. Um, you know, so, so, and then I had to check myself, you know, listen, when I, when I, in 89, when I first opened, I closed three times till 92, but I had done other little businesses, but this one, because of the little failure, it called me back. I said, man, I want to keep doing this. I'm excited. Like I got to give it another try. And that was because the failures were so small and so quick. And I learned from them. I want to, I want to jump. We're going to jump back to you, but I want to, I want to get the shark tank. It's a- Tell me, I, I want to understand how the sausage gets made there. I'm a viewer, I, I know everybody else, but for instance, you know nothing about the pitches before they come on. Nothing, okay. Correct. And Zero. what? how much have you, you personally over the years invested, would you say in companies through Shark Tank, as far as you personally? I think my number is at 14 million uh, okay. now. Um, but you know, listen, you know how TV works. So here's the reality. We don't know anything about them. The average pitch couldn't be about an hour long. There's around mm-hmm. 16 cameras shooting it. So you're only seeing eight minutes of 16 hours worth of footage. Sure. We want this to be as accurate as possible because obviously these are people's livelihoods at hand. Yeah. Um, we're not there to exploit them. But, you know, if you are a great person and everybody's crying on the platform or, or on the on the panel for you, it's happening for a reason. If you are somewhat abrasive, you know, we're highlighting that, too. Right. Of course. Um, it takes us anywhere from six to nine months to close the deals. And we close about 80 or 90% of the deals. That wasn't the case in the beginning. In the beginning, the casting agents were casting agents. They weren't smart like America now who understands what a royalty is or a bridge loan or margins, right? So when they were interviewing people at first and somebody would say, you know, I'm doing $30 million worth of business and I got two employees, the casting agent didn't know how to say, so exactly where are you selling crack? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So now, you know, the sharks grew. We learned we need more salespeople around us, more licensing people around us to kind of help us with these things. Sure. And and that's that's how that's how the show is now where you're seeing us 13 years in. And I think all of us, as well as America, has grown a little with the show. It really it, it's amazing the nerve that it's hit with people. And, and so I want to go back to your investments, which has been the biggest win for you, windfall. The biggest win by far, and it's the biggest win of any product invested in Shark Tank, is a company called Bombas Socks. Okay. Um, and that's mine. Uh, and um, the biggest product ever to show in Shark Tank was Ring Doorbell. Yes, that's yes, by Amazon. Amazon yeah. 1.2. But my, I have the biggest investment, which is um, Bombas Socks. Okay. And you invested how much? 800000 I think it was eight. No, 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 no. It was less than 800000 because the, the whole they, the, the whole business was 800000 I don't even remember now. It was eight years ago. Right. Um, but now they're going to do about $500 million this year. Wow. What's the valuation of the company? The valuation of the company is around eight hundred. That's pretty cool, man. That's great. Yeah, and I, th- I think it's going to go up even further than that now. And what percent of it do you own? Can't tell you that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that part you of the Bigger boys, bigger boys and girls got into it, and and got now big part of VC, and you have to got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. So yeah. how much? You know, there's a lot. How much are you involved? You, you do this thing. We see the show, and okay, yeah. you invest. I am. I own. You know, twenty percent of your company, whatever it is. Pick it up from there. Like what? Give, give me a tip. For instance, even in this case of Bomber Socks, what? Tell me from the the day you did the deal to where it is now, you said it was six or seven years ago, whatever, your involvement, how that plays out. Because I, in watching the show, I often, and I've often said to myself, okay, it would have been interesting if I did it. And I kind of go like, hey, would it have been such a pain in the, like, I was like, how, yeah. how do you, I would say, could I have done that? And so I want to understand what, what I missed out on. A lot of babysitting, a lot of handholding, right? Um, and so if I do an average of, let's say, 10 handshake deals on the show, mm-hmm. um, Let's say three of them hit the editing floor. So now I'm down to seven. Um, negotiate with the seven and out of the seven, maybe one and a half or two 
don't like the terms. I find out more that I'm not really excited so about, right. about the company. Um, and now I'm down to now I'm down to around whatever five, right? And right. I, I dig deep in on the five. Um, so then of course we ask for use of proceeds. You let's say you're trying to get two hundred thousand. Am I giving you the two hundred thousand for one, one uh, right away, or, or am I giving you tranches of fifty because sure. you need it for this, this, and that? Because yeah. you may say. I need out of out of two hundred thousand. I need I need fifty thousand dollars for advertising. I go. You're about to get a, a a six. You're about to get a six minute or eight minute commercial on ABC. And if you can't convert that advertising, we got bigger problems, yeah. right? Right. You know. So so we look at use of proceeds. Then we move on into the business and we start to close the deals up. Half of mine's I try to license out to take off my plate. Um. And then I look at out of the hundred percent, I got thirty percent that are the Walking Dead. Um, they may have worked out or not. And why bother them for any, where's my money? And definitely don't bother me for right. more money. Yeah. Right. Another 30 are like Bombas where for the first year, year and a half, we're hands-on, we're getting them updates. We're helping with whatever they ask for, manufacturing, warehousing, logistics, da, 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 da. Yeah. But the founders are such great founders that they don't really need my help so much. So now I got to focus in on the middle one that's going to move one way or another. Yeah. And that's the way I look at my time and energy on, on these these products and brands. Interesting. And you guys, when you guys shoot, you obviously you, you shoot an entire season, what, like two weeks? You kind of line them all up. How, tell me about the production. Yeah. So it, it, it averages out with days off. It averages out two weeks in June and two weeks in September. Okay. Um, and we see an average of about 130 entrepreneurs. I told you they, they average out to be about or maybe 140, I'm not sure, about an hour long. So, you know, every day we're, we're looking at 10 entrepreneurs and then we have one day off, two days off maybe, and they're just walking in the door, boom, boom, boom. And we are just drilling, we're going through. I mean, that's the easiest part of it. Yeah. After that, it's the uh, the not so glamorous, sexy part of going through due diligence and, you know, doing all that and, and looking at factories and products, you know? And what's your organization that does that? I mean, you you probably, you have a SWAT team set up at this point, but to, yeah. take me through your your Shark Tank, Damon John organization once you kind of get in on a deal. Yeah, I have a company called The Shark Group. So it, it, it really develops brands and products as well as personalities. So I'm not only the president, but I'm a personality where it handles my intellectual property, my books, all my activations. The same with the the group with the the entrepreneurs, depending on what they need. Now, of course, we have legal in there. We have a brand manager who's looking over these things, right? But then, you know, do they need part of my design, part of my company? Do they need part of public relations? Do mm -hmm. they need product product design, sales, or licensing? And we look accordingly to 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 how we can help. I want, let's talk about some of the other sharks. Give me your your the quick off the record take on each one. Let's start with Cuban, my old buddy. Cuban, know it all. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, spends money like a drunken sailor. Um, is the only reason that Shark Tank is still on the air because the first three years of uh, the show, he got on that show and said, "I realize what it's doing for kids in America and families, and I'm going to go." I'm going to be the only shark that anybody knows that can get on Jimmy Kimmel and and right. all these shows and help promote promote it. And he's a beers and chips kind of guy. And I see him give a lot to a lot of people and places and organizations that people have no idea of. And he says the only term of me giving is that you don't tell anybody because I don't need I don't need the press. I want this to be about you. Yeah, I, I saw just amazing. I was at a Nick game a few years ago, and a, a woman I was with was who's involved with the Nick, so I want to get into it. Hit him up at, at the game to you know I got this charity. What do you think? And like he just wrote her a hundred thousand dollar check. Just took his checkbook out of his pocket. Same yeah. thing. Said don't tell anybody. Like I, I, I really impressed with that. I really was. Yeah, yeah, a great guy. All right, let's talk about O'Leary. Is he as much of a douche as he seems? O'Leary is O'Leary is actually one of my closest friends. He just really, really cares about money. Right. You know, um, <laughs> uh, it's 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 his children. However. O'Leary says a lot of the stuff that we're all thinking, and I don't have to say it because I know he's going to say it. Yeah. And he says it in a very harsh way, but he also will be self-deprecating and say the truth about harsh ways about himself. He yeah. just believes that. Why start off with any kind of sugarcoating or lying? Because now I got to cover this crap up more and more and more and more. And he's just a, he's just a really special guy. He's, he's the only guy on TV that can curse you out with a twinkle in his eye. Yeah, yeah. Okay, my old friend Barbara Corcoran. You all know, you know, Barbara, she's a, she, she has no filter. She's uh she's, she, she's that, she's just that amazing person who 
from a marketing standpoint, you know, listen, I'm a one trick pony. I know, you know, I, I have a massive amount of respect for all the things you've done. So calculated. She just comes out of the the, the sky with gr- crazy ideas out of nothing. Um, and at, 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 uh, you know, at, at her age, she should be able to have no filter. Um, <laughs> she's, she's enjoying life, you know? So, um, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant woman. And Robert, Robert is, Robert is the guy who lights up the room when he walks in the room, but to be as successful as he is, he can't be that goddamn happy all the time. Right. Period. <laughs> That's it. You know, but he really is like, everything's amazing. But right. you know, few, few people know Robert is uh, one of the top 10 cyber, cyber crime experts in the world. He is, uh, He's a wonderful father and just a great guy. But, you know, whenever he says to me, amazing, half the time I think he's going to flake yeah. on whatever we're doing. So I call him like the croissant of Shark Tank because he's kind of flaky with showing up on time. I mean, of course, money and business, he's on. Right. Amazing, I'll be there tomorrow. That's Don't it. be at the golf course waiting for him tomorrow yeah, at I... 9 o'clock. You know what I mean? <laughs> and Le- is it Lisa? Lori. 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 You know, Lori out of the top – 20 products sold in Shark Tank history. She has 11 of them. Wow. Good um, she knows her production, but here's the thing. She knows her customer. Like we were saying, she's excited about her customer. If it's $50 and under and made of plastic, Lori's going to sell it. She is the flea market of Shark Tank. Right. And, that's interesting. Uh, she knows her space and that's, that's what she is. And she was doing Shark Tank way before this because she was looking at companies to put on QVC within her, you yeah. know, her customer base. So, uh, amazing woman as well. I got, I got a massive amount. Of, I'm listen, Donnie. At the end of the day, I'm looking at this thing and I'm going. Thirteen years is half my adult life that I've been on Shark Tank. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I. You know, it's just going. I never complained about this, but the last year of my show, we did this thing we called Elevator Pitch, where basically we had three people on. Uh, you might. You did you do one of those? You just came on and I did. You did do one. That of those, was right. That was and, what and, I did. And like I'm like I should somehow be pissed off because like, <laughs> we were there. I mean, it was a, it was a small show. It wasn't a big national show, but the idea was obviously obviously a good one. You've talked a lot about the. You also like some of the guest hosts. Like you've had A Rod on. What do you think of A Rod? Well, he wasn't on with me. I just watched him from the. Okay. Okay. From, from, as a fan, but. I, you know, I got to tell you, the reason why I like the guest host is because it brings new blood or new thought processes into the tank. You know, if I sit next to Kevin for 13 years and every time he says I'm, you're dead to me, I'm not going to get a reaction no more. I'm not going to give him a reaction because I've heard it a thousand times. Yeah. Like, listen to your old Uncle Fred, right? Sure, sure. But, but A-Rod and I can lock horns or agree on a different way of, uh, you know, doing business or Bethany or or even Kevin Hart was on this year. All of them. What what happens when they go through the process with the with the the actual producers is they have to have real conversations. They have to have real businesses they're running. They have to know what we know about operations and various sure. other things because sure. the minute that the minute the, the the person on the other side of the screen goes, this person's just trying to tap dance and they have no idea what's going on. Yeah, that's when the integrity of the show is gone. Worst pitch you ever saw. I think it was season one or two when we had bad deal flow. It was a guy who wanted to put an actual Bluetooth in your neck, which I'm not saying we're not far away from that. Samsung probably doing it. But he also wanted when you had to charge it, you had to put a long rod in your neck. (laughs) You had to sleep with a rod in your neck. I I, 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 I don't think that quite worked out. uh, I'm imagining your personal life now. You're sitting in a restaurant and you're constantly – deluge with people with pitches. Like everybody's yeah. coming up to you. I got an idea. Can I, can I pitch it? Can I, I mean, how do you, I, I know what a gracious guy you are. How do you handle that? Well, you know, when I'm with my family, when I'm with my little girl, they generally, people generally don't bother me, yeah. which is great. Um, but you and I know what we signed up for, you know, the day that I want to stop being like that, then I should walk off the camera. Yeah, I hate when fucking celebrities complain about, like, yeah. dude, you're in a business where you make your money off being yeah. famous. I, I mean, it comes with the territory. I mean, it's just like, I, or I, I just, it, it so bothers me when I hear that from celebrities, you know? Yeah, so one of my teams, one of my team members is there for people who want that email to find out, and I'll answer them. I'll say, listen, you know, if we have any interest, we'll answer you back. We may not, uh, uh, you know, or we may answer you back and say, of no interest, but at the end of the day, you know, I, you know, you and I are both fortunate to be around um, other people who are in different areas like uh, singing and acting, and everybody thinks they can sing. So um, 
I can get 10 pitches a day or in a restaurant, and those are people who want to just improve their life and bring resources to their family. You don't want to be on the singing side when somebody just is like, oh, when you're trying to eat some food, right? Yeah, so yeah. Um, I've seen worse. You've said, and I I never would have agreed with this 10 years ago, but I do now. I know Gary V talks a lot. I've had him on the show, talks a lot, but that, that college is not right for a lot of people. That is just, it's not the answer. It used to be, I'm older than you. Growing up, it was like price of entry. If you didn't go to college, that was it. You know what I mean? And and talk to me about your philosophy uh, uh, to a young person about why you would go to college and why you wouldn't go to college. Well, you know, I'm on the fence about, where, I don't think college is not, for, I do believe college is not for everybody, but do I believe there's some aspects of college that are for everybody? Yes, finance, accounting, and various other things. You know, the, the problem is with the stats that we're looking at it today, and, and this is also a personal matter to me, I was never really great with college. I'm dyslexic. I had I had big challenges, and I didn't need to take 12 or however many courses when I really needed this information I need to roll away with. I believe that our, our school system is not set up the right way. They do not teach us about finance, right? Yeah. They don't teach us about taxes, compounding no. interest, or any of this type of stuff. And if the data is showing that 50% of our kids today will that are that are uh, graduating will retire with a job title that doesn't even exist today, well, if you were telling our kids 10 years ago you're going to be a drone operator or a social media or a pay-per-click expert, I'm not sure if they would have understood that. Yeah. So how do you how do you not have any financial intelligence? They should be teaching us like they teach the kids in school shop. They should be teaching us finance. But how do you not have any financial intelligence? But then you can acquire $500,000 worth of student debt at the dumbest time of your life when you're yeah. just getting out of your parents' house, but you're not an adult yet. Or 50% of the kids who don't know they even want that education yeah. and they're going to really well apply it. Yeah. If you're going to school to be a doctor, please go to school before you start cutting somebody open. Right. But, you know, I just think it, it needs to be something that's well thought out of and it should no longer be the, well, this is the necessary process. Do I think getting an education is critical? I'm still trying to educate myself every, every single day. goddamn day. So yeah. you, I'm, I'm not saying do not get an education, whether it's a digital curriculum, whether it's going and working at a company, working your way up, whether it's going to college, but it's just not the structure of college the way it is today may not be what I think is for everybody. Yeah, I think that's well put. What's your, t you know, you work with a lot of young people, obviously. And I, when I was running my agency, it was, it was all young people. I haven't run it in a number of years. Do you get a sense today that, you know, a lot of the young people, there is this entitlement of, you know, I only want to work so much and I, I, I should have this and I want six weeks off. And now maybe I just sound like a grumpy old man and the up and coming generation is never as hungry as the one before it. I'm curious your take on How old are you now? I'm 52. Okay. So you're, you're 10 years younger than me, but you, you know, you're around with what you do. You're around young people all the time. Handicap that for me. I think it's the same exact as when our generation growing up. I think there are a large amount who are, oh, I could just raise capital this quick. Oh, I could just sit at home. You know, oh, I'm not getting into politics, but there's a lot of money being spent around. So why even get a job now? Right. But I see some kids out there, man, who we laugh at as our parents laughed at us. And they are TikTokers or gamers or working everyday people who are busting their ass every single day and with a sea of way more competition than you and I had. Well, everybody's competition now, they can open up a cell phone or a smartphone. I see a lot of kids who are, they're tired of the world that was prior with whether it is social injustice or whether it was uh, screwing up our oceans or our whatever the case is. And, and or they want to create change, real meaningful change. And I think you're always going to find that as part of uh, the, the problem and the solution. You're going to have a lot of kids who feel entitled, um, and you're going to have a lot of ones who are going to be passionate. I'd rather just think about the passionate ones. I, hear you. Uh, I, don't, I don't have time to think about the other ones. you got such an upbeat philosophy. You In in the product you talk about, Bomb of the Sock Company, that a big part of it is it's giving back nature to it. It's of course more. Do you see this price of entry tonight with any business today talking to young people that you, you better be doing something right for this world? Like uh, if you're going to take a buck of mine, I better know that five cents of it is doing X or that you're spending it this way. 120% because look, I didn't even want to get into bomber stocks. I didn't want clothing. I was already, I already had 10 clothing brands and eight of them were dead, but I found out that today's consumer wants to not only know what they're doing, what you're doing for uh, for them, but what you're doing for somebody else. And that's why Bombers works, because every time somebody's at a dinner table, they're like, I gave 20 times here. 
Every time I bought this, I'll clean up the ocean. Every time I bought this, I, yeah. I did this, this. And by the way, bomber socks, they'll send you, you know, a kid or a person, not even a kid, will send you 10 pair for Christmas and they'll say you help 10 other people. And it gives them the bragging rights. But when you and I were first starting, uh, it was it was challenging when I would have to be able to say, you know, the first year of football, I gave out the first day we did really well. I gave away $10 million and I did not want to, uh, you know, come to a Donnie Deutsch and say, hey, help me advertise this or market this. Because at that time, we only could go out through publications or news releases and even a publication. It would take me three months to get it out. Maybe I'd get a story written. Sure. And I didn't sure. want to make money off the hardship of others. But today with all these layers of social media and all of that stuff. They're going to dig through sooner or later and say, what What are you doing? Why are we having this transaction right now? Because I can get this product from anywhere. Yeah. Um, and, and and it's important now because it more, it's more like if you didn't do it now, you know, you may be, you, you may maybe have a couple of problems. Yeah. Yeah. You you just mentioned the smartphone. You got little kids. Um, how I, I see this thing as in many ways, the devil, you know what I mean? Is that it's obviously it's empowering. We all know the benefits of it, but I see my, I have teenage girls. I see them on it 24 seven. I see them looking at everybody else's idealized world on, on Instagram, TikTok, and where I, I see as an adult, I'll be watching other people and going, Jesus, my life isn't that fucking good. You know, <laughs> it's like, cause obviously everybody shows their ideal idealized and fictionalized selves in certain ways. So what's your take on as a dad, the phone and kids? Very hard because my girl, my oldest girl is 27. And actually my, my oldest girl, 27 does a lot of that stuff for Gary V. Okay. And, uh, and I have a 23 year old who does, who's not on the phone at all damn near. And I don't know why I look okay. at her like an alien. Right. And then the other one is a five year old where I, I you know, she's on the phone, and unfortunately, the phone is her babysitter once in a while. Along we can we can we can watch over what's what's there. But this is the way the kids are communicating. But you're right. I mean, uh, you know, the ethics and morals have to start at the house, and they have to see what we're doing as parents collectively. Um, if they're going to go off and chase dreams of other people because everybody's showing that the sizzle reel, then yeah, it is problematic. But I haven't figured that thing out. I mean, that that is way you know way above my pay grade to understand how this thing is going to morph into what it is. But it's it's a critical tool that we're, we're not going to be no further than three feet away from it for the next 97 percent of our lives. Mm-hmm. I just got to figure out how to how to govern some of the things as well as show her where to move on some things in there that are empowering. But I don't know if I can figure it out just yet. I like what you said that it starts at home. I always, when I was an ad guy, I always hated when people would blame, blame advertising or blame the media for this. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yes. It's, it's, it's a noise. If it's right at home, it's right. If it's wrong at home, it's wrong, period. And I I've learned that. And every time I've been a fucked up kid, they usually have fucked up parents, you know, and, and they're seeing the same media and what, and that it's in the home. It all happens in the home. It all happens at home, and, and and people don't. I mean, I don't know why people don't realize when they see your kid doing something and making funny jokes and saying something like, you know, I, one time the teacher said at school, uh, you know, my wife said something like, oh yeah, you know, um, the, the kid comes home and tells us the stuff about you, you know, we're gonna believe it. He says, you should because trust me, they tell us everything about you at home. You think we shouldn't believe it? And what that is is that if I have this, if I. If, if, if you're just because you're not talking to your kid, your kids watch. Listen, imagine if your father was like Archie Bunker, yeah. watching the television show, and you're in the kitchen all the time. But your father's always yelling at the screen. You know what I mean? And we know we're going to the furthest, you know, because obviously that's why that show was out to, to to have this discussion. Sure. Your kid's gonna reflect that just not because you're talking to your kid. Your kid's overhearing all that stuff. Yeah, your kid's seeing your poor habits or your great habits. And, 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 and I don't know why people think that it's anybody else's job to raise their kids. It's not. Yeah. I asked this of everybody on the show. Uh, what's the Damon John brand? Ooh, the Damon John brand today is, um, it's empowering. It's, it's being vulnerable and showing people, uh, my weakness that, that everybody, uh, has a weakness and, and that's not a problem, whether dyslexia, whether surviving cancer, whether going through a rough marriage, whether not having financial intelligence, one growing up, not being the perfect father who has all the answers and showing that it's just a human trait on who we are. And then, then, then where else can Dave and John bring awareness to, 
uh, certain things like the lack of financial education, taking illegal guns off the streets, empowering you know our minorities, our women, our veteran, and maybe and and other people. So so three things: investing in education and investing in others, uh, showing people that you're human, I'm human, and then how can I use this piece of inventory right here to bring highlights and understanding of other people or groups or things and causes that people may not be aware of. You mentioned the cancer. You, you had thyroid cancer. You beat it. It's going to sound like a hackneyed question, but but I have to ask it. So how did that change you? I mean, what, you know, obviously you survived it. And as somebody who has been lucky enough to have not gone through that yet, I'm sure at some point I, like all of us will, yeah. give, me, give me the lessons learned. Lesson learned is uh, double down on appreciating your inventory of what you have in life. I mean, when I first, when, when the doctors first told me that, uh, you know, in two weeks, they'll let me know if I have cancer or not. I knew that hard mass they took out of my body was cancerous. They knew it, but doctors can't tell you something without actually, you know, mm -hmm. uh, studying it. And I was already being selfish. I was like, well, let me start closing up these businesses and let me enjoy life the way I should. By the way, I got a hot ass wife. She's going to get married six months after I, uh, I'm, I, 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 I'm in the dirt because she's super hot. I don't want to bury my mother. And uh, my, my girls are old enough, and my youngest, who's three years old at the time, she won't know who her father is. And I realized I'm so disgusting and so selfish because I do get to go home to a hot-ass wife. I do got a little three-year-old who's going to know how the world is. I'm going to walk her down the aisle. No mother should ever bury their son. No. And I need to get my ass back on the horse and stop being so, so not lazy, but so like, oh, I got it like this. And by the way, since I led a great life, let, me, let somebody else have one. And I got a job is to tell people about early detection, that everybody needs to go out and get that colonoscopy, endoscopy, pap smear, mammogram, because all the shit we talk about on Shark Tank doesn't matter if you don't have your health. Yeah. Damon John, you're a good man. I really appreciate your time today, buddy. Thank you as always, man. I hope we see each other more than, uh, than we've been seeing lately. You got it. Stay well and all good things. Continued success, my friend. Thank you, brother. Peace. Thanks for listening to On Brand today with uh, Donnie Deutsch. Uh, remember to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you get podcasts, Apple, Spotify, anyplace else. Please rate, review, and subscribe. And you can catch our videos on YouTube, and please subscribe there also. Leave us your comments uh, and subscribe there. We really, really appreciate Power blackouts. They happen every year. But guess what, blackouts? You've met your match. Say hello to Goal Zero, the leader in affordable home power backup systems and solar generators. Goal Zero's generators power your fridge, freezer, lights, Wi-Fi, TV, and more with clean power. Their home backup systems, like the Yeti 3000X, have no fuel, no fumes, no noise, and no maintenance. Just good, clean energy that keeps your home up and running. They offer a range of products and affordable price points, from power stations that can provide a half day's worth of power to solar generators and home backup systems that can keep you powered for one, two, or three days. Plus, they're all portable, so you can take your power with you when you go camping, tailgating, and more. So yeah, take that, blackouts. Our power is here to stay. Have peace of mind when blackouts hit. Go to GoalZero.com to learn more. Appreciate it. And we'll see you next week on Armor. Hi, this is Jim Jeffries. I have a podcast out called I Don't Know About That. Each episode is a different subject. We bring an expert on and I say everything I think I know about that subject. And then they correct me. Join in, listen to the podcast. You'll have a laugh and you might learn something. Follow, rate and review. I Don't Know About That with Jim Jeffries. Now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. You can also catch video releases each week on YouTube.